So, Paul, recently I was talking to a bunch of people and we were asking the question, what is your favorite smell? Do you have a smell that comes right to your mind? Oh, I was thinking, yes, I do. <laughs> baking bread. Baking bread. Oh my gosh. Like, baking or like the bread aisle at the grocery store, mm. like, is just an intoxicating aroma. That's just my gut first reaction, <laughs> so that's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> What was your answer to the question? I I had I did not have a good answer to the question. Um, I, I was like I like uh, vanilla. It's pretty good. But uh, everybody else was like sharing these like stories of different things that they were thinking about, like whatever the bread aisle or the grandma's musty basement or something like that. <laughs> um, but for some reason, I like weirdly like the distant smell of skunk. For some reason, like if it's close, it's awful. But if it's at any distance away from me, like where you're driving on the road, everyone else is freaking out because there's a skunk that had <laughs> clearly been dead. But I'm just like, oh, it's kind of an interesting smell. I don't know why. I don't know why I like that. But anyway. there are people who actively like the smell of skunk, not just distant skunk, but like full on skunk. And like people also say the marijuana smells a little bit like skunk. And I feel the same way about marijuana in the distance. Oh, I, I just <laughs> can't stand it regardless. Anyways, uh, now that we've talked about uh, illegal or legal drugs, depending on where you live. Baked bread. <laughs> the crunch of the crust of a good homemade loaf. Anyway. Well, here we are. At, you're back at NDQ. We're glad that you've joined us again. I'm Bradley Hicks. And I'm Paul. His last name is also Hicks, if you were wondering. We're brothers. I just didn't feel like it was relevant to continue saying <laughs> Hicks over and over again. Yeah. It's kind of redundant. It is true. But it's with an S at the end, not... Just hick. Anyways, I'm glad that we could get that out so of the way. So what are we playing this week, Brad? <laughs> this week, um, as you guys can see from the podcast title, we are talking about the game Tunic. Yes. So let's just go into a little bit of the backstory of how this game fell into our lives. Okay, so for the last number of years, um, well, it first started with me and my our other brother, David, every... Every year, we were the one. We both had Nintendo Switches, and each year for our birthdays, we would buy each other some random indie game, and we have no idea. We've never played it before. It's just like, oh, this one looks pretty interesting, and we would give it to each other for our birthdays. Then, uh, was it last year? Yes. About, last year, like right now, you you got a Switch. I did. You guys, and as a family, gifted me a Switch, which yes. was very kind of you. So I got inducted into the brother birthday bonding experience of indie game gifting. And so, who I had seen a, this game in a, a Nintendo Indie Direct, I believe it was, uh, which is funny because I was always very up to date with watching Nintendo Directs and you know keeping up with all the stuff. But I never owned a Switch. I never played any of these games, but I enjoyed watching. And I remember thinking that the this game Tunic looked rather interesting and. I actually had talked to our brother David about getting this game for Brad on his birthday, but it was not out yet. It had been announced that it was coming to Switch, um, but we couldn't buy that game for him. So when David's birthday came around, I checked to see if the game had released. And I believe it had just come out. I think it was like a day before. A couple, <laughs> a day or a week or so before his birthday. And so I'm like, this is perfect. We're going to get this game. Uh, the, the gist of the game, all I knew was 
it looked Zelda-esque, but you're a fox instead of a little elf boy. But you're a fox dressed as a little elf boy, just like Link. Yes, it's green. He looks just like Link, except for he's a fox. Yep. <laughs> and then I heard that it had, uh, like, Dark Souls mechanics um, regarding, like, bonfires and combat. It's like, save points, yeah. And, and the so. difficulty of... The difficulty is not as high as, as Dark Souls by any so, means, but... Before I even get into the game, just with those two pillars, do you have uh, any strong opinions, experiences with either, like, traditional Zelda or with Dark Souls or, like, Soulsborne or Souls-like games? So, I have played both games before. Um, I, growing up, even though we had Nintendo consoles, never we never really had oh. Zelda games. Um my first Zelda game was actually on the Wii U, the Wind Waker port to the Wii U, which is incredible. So I, I loved... I still have never played that game. It's so good. David got it for me for Christmas. Uh, and I loved Wind Waker. And then when they did the, the Twilight Princess uh, port to the Wii U, I got that for Christmas and I just bounced off it so hard. And I feel like I've only I played uh, Breath of the Wild is incredible, but it's nothing like Breath of the Wild. It's no, more it's like, like Breath of the Wild is a completely different game than yes. any other Zelda. Um, I have played the I've pretty much only played ports. So the, the Switch had the port from what was the Link's Link, Awakening. Link's Awakening. I played that, um, and I enjoyed that. And that is probably the most similar. Link's Awakening and uh, Tunic. They have have more similarities. The, the Switch port aesthetically, they're. They are quite similar. They are very, very, very similar. Which is funny because I don't know much about like the making of Tunic, but my assumption is is that it's not like some crazy AAA, you know, backing. I mean, I think it's a Microsoft game, so it might have some support in that regards. But it, like, Zelda is like a Nintendo staple that has a big backing. So the fact that mm -hmm. it, I feel like it, it, it nails that Zelda aesthetic. It really does to a T. Um, um, then the Dark Souls side of things. I've I have not played very many Dark Souls games, but I really enjoy watching like streamers fail at playing Dark Souls games. And I don't like watching like the whole thing, but I like watching like their recap of their sixty four hours that they played of uh, Elden Ring and like. For sure. I, I just like enjoy that, but I've never I've I've played Dark Souls. I don't know if it was two or three, and again I I didn't really connect with that game. So. I enjoy Souls-like games. Um, I my first main entry into them was uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Which a lot of people say, "Oh, this is very derivative of it's a dumbed-down version of Dark Souls." And I'm like, "Hey, that's okay with me. This feels <laughs> great." Um, I just recently picked up uh, Dark Souls Remastered for the Switch. Um, and it is turning into one of my favorite gaming experiences I've ever had. Really? And I, I feel like Dark Souls is not touted as one of the best Souls. So I feel like it's a good place to start. And if I'm having that great of a time mm -hmm. in Dark, you know, an old Dark Souls game, I feel like, especially Elden Ring, I know it was calling my name eventually. Yeah. But it's such a crazy time commitment, uh, especially being married with, with a, you know, a two-year-old, another kid on the way. Like, it's daunting <laughs> especially not being able to play it on a handheld and all you could i've i have interest in the steam deck solely to play games like this because i i play way more video games when i'm able to like on my switch sit on the couch 
with my wife watching like Great British Baking Show or something else and being able to play my game. And that's kind of how I feel like I would have to experience those games because I don't have the space, the time, or just yeah to have a console played on the TV in the living room. Yeah. It is... The Switch is perfect for these kind of indie games. It really is. It, especially if you have other people in your life like us, like we do, um, and our brother, where we all have each other's like profiles on each Switch. So if I buy a game, everybody, all of my siblings can play that game as well on their Switch, which I think is super cool. So that's a part of the beauty of the, the brother exchange is you buy it for your brother, but then you get to play the game too. So we we're all playing on David's version of Tunic. We just... Couldn't all play at the same time. Did and you ever have an issue? Yes. There's oh, a I couple didn't... times where David booted me, and then I booted him, and then he booted me, and I'm like, crap, this is David's game I got for his birthday. <laughs> I didn't realize that's what was happening, and I said, I texted, hey, sorry, I was playing, like, go ahead, play your game, I'm, I'm done now. I've never once had that issue, and I have a number of people's profiles on my on my Switch. It, we both were playing it right after we got it, oh, okay. and uh, it probably happened three or four different times. And so we just, but usually it's like after I was playing for like an hour or two. And so it's like, I probably should put it down for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a big deal, but I, I thought it was funny where it's just like all of a sudden it kicks you off to the home screen. You're like, what? I didn't exit. it. And you're like, push one button, you jump back in and then you realize, oh crap, I just kicked him out. Yeah. Um, so that, <laughs> I did not know that that happened. That's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. So, but what about the, you, you, Dark Souls? You said, what about your Zelda experience? My Zelda experience was slim to none. I... Played some of Ocarina of Time as an adult. Uh, I got to the part where everything goes bad, and then it just... I've never played Ocarina of Time. I know nothing about it. So anyway, and then something I goes bad. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Really enjoyed it. And then recently, I played your copy of uh, Link's Awakening, and didn't have the greatest time. Um, so I was curious, like. If this was going to scratch the itch that I know a lot of Zelda games have scratched for a lot of people, um, mm -hmm. but just I never really traditional Zelda, you know, Breath of the Wild is not traditional, so I, I feel like not. that doesn't get count doesn't count in that same realm. Would you even count Zelda the Breath of the Wild as in the in the Zelda? It's game? its own thing. It's just not, so many games have copied the Breath of the Wild treatment. That I feel like it has almost become its own genre as like a Metroidvania or a Souls-like. There's a Breath of the Wild-like. I don't know what it's called, but I feel like it has almost established its own thing. Huh. Well, we can go back to Tunic, the game we're actually talking about today. What were your initial impressions coming into the game rather than just watching the trailer and stuff like that? Um. The... The angle, it's got the isometric, I believe it's called, angle, which is not traditional for a lot of just like video games. And so it's a little bit getting used to like mm. uh, figuring out distances and uh, where stuff is located. It works out really cool because one of the cool things in Tunic is discovering the shortcuts mm -hmm. that were always there. But because you have a fixed camera angle... Unless you're like trying to just walk on every edge and push your way through, you're not going to know. Where. So after you're fighting a long time through a level, all of a sudden you're going in this corridor, it's walking the back, all of a sudden you pop out right at the beginning. You're like, oh, oh, I can just now use this hidden shortcut, which is one of those cool things. I haven't replayed it a second time yet, but I feel like it's one of those things on a second replay will be fun. And I can also see the enjoyment of like speedrunning stuff mm. of 
like knowing these special secrets uh, early in the game yeah. to access spots that you couldn't, that at least you didn't know that you could access uh, at that point in the game. Um, but I just remember the there is a sense of like wonder and exploration that really sunk in with me. Mm. Um, and the feel of this game hit me really strong. Like I feel like the the loneliness of the world, mm -hmm. uh, and just like with the ruins and like this once great civilization, and like there's this like fox spirit realm of some trapped big fox. You're like, what happened? How do I? How? What do I need to do to progress? The first time you saw that fox spirit, did you think it was his girlfriend? No. Okay, that's what I, that was my first thought. I'm like, oh, is he going to try to wreck you with his girlfriend? I don't know. There's probably the tropes in video games that made me think that. But... Princess Peach, you got to save her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you hit some of the very simple, you know, beats of a Zelda-esque game where, you know, finding your shield and finding your sword. Mm -hmm. um, that had, there was a familiarity of, like, knowing what to expect Mixed in with this, what the crap is going on? There's a bunch of stuff I don't understand. Yeah. What about you? So when I first started playing the game, it felt a little like you said lonely, like it has that feeling. But I was just like, it felt a little empty, and I didn't know. I had no idea what to do, and there's no instructions, and you are just like plopped into this world, and it's just like, go do it, and then you find, like they it, 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 oh we'll talk about that in a second about the kind of the game mechanic that they introduce, but. I I felt a little lost. Um, I think it looks it looks really good. It looks super cute, and I, the, the you said isometric camera angle. Um, I totally agree that there's that aspect of it, but to me, it, it kind of like frustrated me because I'm the kind of person who was like, "Is there a secret passageway back here that I'm gonna be able to go find a t chest?" So I would like walk on all of the walls, like hoping that, and then half the time you would like walk to this other new area. Um, and so some of that stuff to me was like I want I I feel compelled to walk on those back walls and all I wanted to do was like turn to see if there was there because I I felt like I had to keep running up against every corner because you didn't know where to go because I didn't know where to go, um, but as I played a little bit longer and you start getting into the flow of things, um, I started to really enjoy the game and it was like something I was like ooh yes I want to keep going keep going keep going, so. The biggest mechanic of this game that I thought was brilliant uh, is the in-game manual. Uh, so as you're going about the world, you're finding the, you know, a power-up on the ground. You pick it up, and it's sheets of the game manual, you know, that you would normally you know get with you know the case of your game. But it's all built in the world. It's all. Uh, you're finding it, but you're not finding it in straight order. You're, you're finding some the next couple pages or pages. You're like, okay, I have pages 42 and 13 and it, 6. Right. And so you, every time you get a part of the manual, it's a, it's a couple pages. Like, Front and back. And uh, so, but sometimes it's for things that aren't going to come up for a while. And you're like, okay, am I supposed to be doing something with this right now? But it's also page 40, and I'm at the beginning of the game, so... Yeah, I think the the moment. So I I played this game 
with the knowledge that at any point I could look stuff up, but knowing that that would ruin the experience for me. Hmm. I wanted to experience this game as much as I could to the point where unless, you know, I'm not looking it up unless it's, I'm to the point where I will literally never play this game again if I don't uh, get some help. Um, and that didn't happen until, like, technically endgame stuff. After the... After the there was one point pretty early on where I was just lost. Like, I didn't know where to go. I, I just... I did what you were saying where I was walking backs of levels. Um, and I talked to David, and he had mentioned an area that I had not seen. And I had mentioned some stuff that he hadn't seen. And I'm like, I know there's stuff there then. Like, it can be found. And his little hint, he didn't, like, know exactly what I didn't know. But, like, his description of the spot, like, you could get it, there. it narrowed down to where I should be actually searching. Located again, yeah. Uh, which, you know, lowered the amount of places that I need Because it was like, I have access to a whole bunch of area, but I can't figure out where to go next. Yeah. And then that was the, the one time I got, like, stuck. And after that, that one spot... Kind of flows. It, it definitely flowed. Um, did you have any experiences getting stuck? Or did you uh, look up any, like, how to, how to solve stuff or where to go? I did not uh, look up anything. I think <laughs> so often I would, like explore so much of this area that it was just like okay it was just like extra fluff fluff areas rather than like the next story beat um and multiple times as i would like look i would be looking at the manual have no idea what's going on and then as soon as the thing like in the manual made sense it was like oh everything makes sense now it all falls into place so those are some of the fun moments i, I mean I, I don't think it's a bad thing it was just like oh like yes okay now i'm in the right place because i because this page makes sense now um, so we're going to spoil some stuff for Tunic, so <sighs> just we're gonna we're gonna just just talk about the game. That's, yeah. Um, well, so it's actually, I didn't actually finish the game. So oh. so I don't want <laughs> you necessarily spoil it for me. I've gotten pretty far into the game as, as far as I'm aware, um, but I haven't actually finished the game yet. You want to mention what point you uh, um, ended on, or like some <laughs> of the major things? Um, well, the beginning of the game, you're you're fighting with your little stick, and then you find you finally find your sword, and then eventually you find your shield, and then you get the lantern, and you're walking through the lantern area, and then and then the lantern area, you get the little like I don't even know, it's like a like the hook shot from the grapple from, gun, the grapple, the grapple magic, gun, but yeah, the grapple magic. Um, so I I've gotten into the point where I've got like the big giant gun thing that. I didn't really... I beat the librarian person. Okay. Did you... Uh, have you fought the war machine? Or the war... Uh, what's it called? I... Have you, so you, you fought against the the garden... The boss at, in the gardens. Yes. And then you fought against the librarian. Uh-huh. Um, did you make it into the subterranean... I, so I'm in the subterranean. That's where I'm at right now. Okay, where they're like crafting... Um, for me, a light bulb went off when I realized, oh, I knew it was Souls-like, and I knew that because of that, I could upgrade my stats. Oh, you, oh, yeah. But I could not, for the life of me, until I finally saw the book, realized, oh, it's... it's. I, I think part of it was because I'd never played a Souls game, game at that point. Um, realizing, oh, you upgrade when you're at the shrines, which are like the bonfires. Right. And then you... Because I had, you know... It, there's the whole... 
we, we, what we didn't specify with the uh, instruction manual is that most of it is written in a game unique language called Trunic. It's called Trunic. I didn't called, know that. Well, that's what the most of the fans call it. Okay. Uh, with a couple specific words in English. And so you are scouring, zooming in on these pages, trying to decipher what these pages <laughs> are telling you about how to play the game. <clears throat> and so it, a lot of it's like the information is there, but it's not clear. Right. Of like you have to decipher it. It's almost like you, yeah, you're you're, you're reading decipher. a different language. Yeah. Um, but they know that like you know we need a little bit of help, so it's going to give you some. You know, I feel like they they did a balance of like let's give as small amount as possible in English. Uh, so they can so, so they can, can look at it and game, get information. Yeah. But like keep as much of it in Trunic. Which one of the later uh, pages gives you basically the code of how to translate? Oh, really? Um, I did not take the time to translate, but I, I think it would be fun to actually take the time and, and translate a lot of the blocks of text. A lot of it's story stuff at the beginning. Oh, really? Um, it's, <laughs> it's early in the manual, right, like, right. like a manual would be, where it's like kind of giving you like what, what you're getting into and here's the story. But a lot of those pages you don't find until later in the game. Right. Um, for me, I also stumbled upon one of the late game areas relatively early. Okay. Um, and just got my butt handed to me over and over. I'm like, okay, this can't be. I mean, I think that's a little bit where some knowledge of the inspiration of the game was helpful. Because I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Like, this is not, like, the next step. It's not, like, right. one of those things where, like, I'm not just good enough at the game. Right. I did that I did that once when you climb up all the way to, like, the snowy mountain thing and mm -hmm. you go back on the other side. Yes. I did that way early. So did I. Okay, you did the same thing. That was the same one. Okay. I, I think it, it might be intended to show you, hey, you can find these secrets, but there's a... I walked in and just got killed by the first... <laughs> the sniper just took you out. Well, that's the area also that you, like, walk by something and it, like, drains your health bar all the way down and you get hit once. So here's a very unique... Uh, aspect of the game that I learned watching some YouTube videos. Um, there is Trunic for each of your three uh, attributes. And the one that we associate with health is translated as will. Um, and then some other stuff gets translated and it talks about uh, basically uh, that being around those things that lowers what you consider your health. Uh, is very depressing, and, ah. and so basically, uh, it is decreasing your will to live it's to the point where getting, getting injured at all, you basically are just like, I don't have the strength to carry on, so which I think is really unique uh, Easter egg. Uh, Once you actually can can translate, translate. The oh, stuff. that's so cool. I, I'm as I'm thinking about now. I so I have. In that main in the main area where you're like bringing your the Triforce, yes, because you have like three different colors. I have two of them already. Okay, so it's just the I don't remember which color. I, I think I don't have red. Okay, I believe that's the one that is all the way to the right. That uh, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it back, could also be it's the, the back left one is uh, the one that that I didn't have. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, We've been talking kind of the game as as a whole, the, can your in, initial impressions and kind of your feels. Do you have any problems with the game that maybe they don't that doesn't gel with what you are wanting as much? Um, so last week with Celeste, we were talking about how the controls felt very tight and fair, and that is my one complaint with 
my biggest complaint with the game is I feel like the combat is fun, but it does not feel tight. I feel like a lot of times the action I want to accomplish and the moves that I want to do does not necessarily match the input, mm. like verbatim. Like, it doesn't feel like I want the combat to feel smoother mm. and to feel like more. This is what I intended to do. Yeah, where it's very flowy. Yeah, and, uh, it's almost it's it's slower. Like you push a button, you roll, but you might not roll in the exact direction that you wanted to roll, or yeah, and then you swing your sword and Which you're a little too far away to hit him. And... To a degree. So a uh, Souls game have that, but I feel like that feels a little bit more fair, and you get a better feel for okay, this is just how this game controls. I don't feel like I ever fully felt like it was. It just clicked mm. of like combat is just this is the way combat is, and now I'm comfortable in it. It always just felt off to me. Yeah, I I would agree with that. The biggest thing that I was even thinking about about the game is. If you're in the game and you're invested in the game, like the next the next piece, just you you want to go do it. But when I took a little bit of time away from the game, I was not like, man, I I could hardly even remember what the last thing I was trying to do is. And because there really isn't a lot of Guidance. like direction, it's really hard to step back into the game. Um, and so I think it was for me pretty easy to 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 drop it after I had played it for quite a while. And then it was like, oh, I had a little bit of time where I wasn't playing it at all. It, I didn't want to come back to it necessarily. And so I just feel like maybe it was a little bit easier to drop for me. You probably didn't even get to the the puzzles, in-world puzzles that came about. Um, there comes a point in the game where one of the manuals basically shows you that there are, are directional puzzles in certain parts of the world. Um, some of the geometry and pictures on the wall if you match those directions with your joystick, uh, it will unlock secret doors. Um, there are fairies to collect for solving <laughs> puzzles. Um, and I believe, I believe there are 20 fairies. And at the end of the game, so there's the main boss, which is the fox, your girlfriend fox that you thought <gasps> is... Spoilers! Is the, <laughs> is the end antagonist that you're, you're playing and there are from my understanding i think there are two endings i i originally got the one where you you fight and defeat the fox um which is considered the, the quote-unquote bad ending um in order to get the good ending you have to collect all of the fairies the all of the pages of the manual oh and the last page is hidden behind the stone door in the mountains and one of the most unique things about the manual is the puzzle to solve the that last uh, uh, piece is hidden inside the manual. The, it's got hit, like hidden directions on different pages, wow. and it tells you different pages that you need to look on to find different sections of this this door. That you need to follow. Um, I actually had to pull my iPad out. I had notes. I'm taking notes, <laughs> trying to, you know, going flipping to different pages in the manual, writing down the directions, and it comes into the super long, complicated thing. But to get the second to last page, you need to get. Well, don't tell us everything. How to fit the whole game? You need to get ten of the twenty fairies. Okay. 
And these are like random puzzles scattered throughout the world. And this is the point where I had to look, just look it up. Mm -hmm. I was not going to take the time to scour the world to find these random spots and then try to figure out. I, mean, mm. I, I think I figured out three of the fairies completely on my own. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, I got to find seven more. Like, it's going to take way too long for what I'm willing to do. Yeah. And so, but it was, it was really fun having, taking notes, <laughs> uh, trying to figure out these puzzles, uh, which added a whole different dimension to the game that I was not anticipating when I was going in. Yeah. And then on top of that, apparently there are like 10 or 20 like secret plushy doll trophy things that you can find that unlock a secret area. And those puzzles are like way more Easter complicated. Eggs. And I was just like, that it got to the point where like I had uh, scratched the itch. Yes. Now you're just scratching it raw. <laughs> One thing I'm going to warn you though, between the good ending and the quote unquote bad ending, is if you find all the pieces and then you go to fight the final boss, it's like a happy resolution and you don't actually fight the final boss. So I know like our brother David, he like fought the final boss and was getting his butt whooped by him. It was like, hey, maybe I need to finish all of the things and that will give me something I need to help me fight it. And then he went back and the game just ended. It's a little anti And he was just like, I wanted to fight that. If I knew that, I would have just continued fighting them and then gone back and got the second ending afterwards. Right. Um, huh. That's good to know. But, okay. So we've talked about this game quite a bit. Um, for people who are asking... Should should I invest time? Should I play this game? What would you say to them? It depends on what you're looking for. Um, I definitely think it's a game worth playing. Mm. Um, if you're into, like, I would consider, like, the exploration, the feel of the game, um, this is definitely a game, you know. There's definitely some skill to it. Like I said, the, the combat wasn't quite to my liking, but it's still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um so there's a sense of like accomplishment in that, but like this is a game of solving mysteries, uh, figuring out where to go. You got to be self motivated to yeah. like push yourself forward. Um, whereas I feel like Celeste last week was more easily accessible for a wider mm. range of people. Yeah. I feel like the people who enjoy Tunic are going to be like all in on tunic right but i feel like it's going to be a much smaller group okay yes i i would i would i would agree the if i am talking to one of my friends and i know them i i feel like i would know whether or not to recommend this game to them or not but i think it's it's a lot the barrier to entry to tunic is so much greater because if you don't have any past like game knowledge if you're just coming into this game and you maybe you don't haven't played a ton of games before it's not going to be the game for you. Yes, it's definitely a game that relies on past tropes experience. and past video game experiences to kind of help enlighten you. Well, I feel like if you know, my wife doesn't play video games, if she were to try to play this game, even getting manual piece, like she hasn't spent time looking at game manuals or understanding like how that would even go. Like I don't think she would be able to decipher it. Right. Uh, or I, she would be bad at Celeste, but she would at least understand what, what she was do. doing in the goal of the game. Right. So because of that, my feeling is that Celeste has to stay at number one in the rankings. And I think Tunic has to be slotted at number yeah. two. I would agree 100% that Celeste I would put at the front of the queue. And I would put Tunic at number two. 
Um, obviously, as we get into more games, it's going to be fun to be able to compare those, compare multiple games to each other and try to figure out where they land. Um, is there anything else that you want to compare Celeste I, and Tunic with? I feel like Celeste focuses in on what it is. It's a, it's a 2D platformer. Where Tunic, I feel like, combines Zelda, Dark Souls, and then out of the blue adds a puzzle game into it. <laughs> and while I think all those aspects are really fun and great, I think the puzzle aspect leaves a little bit to be wanting because all the puzzles are the same type of puzzle. It's just you have to find the different locations. Um, and that's just a really unique three things. Mm -hmm. Or if it clicks with you, it might be your favorite game ever. Like, to dig in, to if you want to, you know, translate the the whole manual into English, I could see people really like getting deep in that. There are some crazy stuff with like external websites and puzzles that take you different places, and like analyzing sound and having to put sound like, uh, like it's very deep, very very deep. Like you could dig. Uh, looking into the lore and stuff like if that sounds intriguing to you like tunic you need to check it out like it's going to just really scratch that egg build the world feel that you're going to look for mm -hmm. but i feel like celeste is just a more focused experience yeah i i don't know if i have any more any more to add i i i that totally makes sense and I do agree that Tunic is a game. It's a really good game. I I think it's a, it is a, an adorable game. It's it. I don't think we really talked about that. The, the little fox guy running around. He's super cute. And you can change his colors if you find a super uh, a hidden room. Like so, I played most of the game as a gray fox instead of a red fox. Really? Yes. Well, I did not find that room. <laughs> but so, thank you for coming and joining us at the queue. Our indie queue right now, number one, Celeste. And number two, Tunic, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.